Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to another installment of the Comics Pals Book Club. This time, Kayla's in here, so we've brought on special guest, Leah Thompson. Hello, welcome! Yay! Oh. Yay! Oh, my God, Hi. oh wait a minute, wait, here. sorry It's me, guys, hold on. I'm back from the future. Oh shit, wait, you know what? <laughs> I just got a text, she's not gonna make it. We had to go with, uh, damn it, hey Tyler. Hey, what's up? Yeah, it's me. Sorry. Oh, it's, hey, Tyler. it's Tyler from the hey, Longbox. Hey. Yay! Now, now that I did Leah Thompson in my normal voice, I have to do every the rest of the show in my, a deep voice now just to, to separate the characters. <laughs> to differentiate. It's, it's really uncomfortable actually already, and I'm just going to give it up now. I'm just uh, <laughs> yeah, no, not uh, going to try. It. Not going to try. Little, little known fact: we brought Tyler on in this episode because he's in fact the lowest rated uh, Leah Thompson impersonator on Yelp. So, <laughs> yep, yep. Right. Um, yes. Yes. How my cameo. My cameo is not going off right now. Yeah, that's uh, not getting those five dollar uh, videos that I that I wanted. So, so Tyler, thank you so much for joining us. We're doing uh, listeners out there, uh, as you know, Howard we're, the Duck. Wait, we're we're doing listeners out there. Whoa, Michael? I didn't tell wow. my girlfriend that. <laughs> we're doing comma listeners, as you know, Howard the Duck, uh, numbers one through nine. The number numbers one through eleven. Excuse me, uh, from the twenty fifteen run, the second twenty fifteen run by Chip Zdarsky and Joe Quesada. Um, not Joe Caseta. I would be interested in Howard the Duck by Joe Caseta. <laughs> <laughs> Marco, Come on, sorry, Marco. sorry. Canones. You fired on all cylinders. God, I was, there. I was there. I was there. I, I got to slip up. It's part of the name. You should be able to get. Notes. I see that you have notes. I know. <laughs> Joe Caseta, cup of Joe. There he, saw it the is. Q, he saw the QU and he went for it. I went for it. I just shot. I just shot for it. Um, but. Um, as you guys know, these are collected in volumes one and two, or you can get them in um, individual floppy format, the first 11 issues. There is a slight crossover with Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Um, we aren't necessarily going to touch on that one. Um, we are going to discuss the the issue at hand, but that one's sort of just like on the side. If you guys want to go read it, you definitely can. It's a fun little cameo and a little mini crossover. So to start off, I will say this. I wanted to do Howard the Duck because I've always heard good things. I've heard it being a, a book that sort of crosses that meta fictional line. And then uh, Tyler, you guys actually talked about it on your show, The Long Box. So I was like, yeah. you know what? I'll give it a shot. Um, I have no context for this character. D- do any of you guys do? I do. Okay, I'll um, let you all guys talk because I'm, like I'm a historian. I'm a Howard historian. So <laughs> you guys can talk. Uh, yeah, I do um, have a little bit of context for Howard. I read the original run during my like initial kind of um, exploration of of Marvel phase when I was a teenager. And um, and with I, the, Gerber, like, I, I, the Gerber run, yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, yeah, uh, I because I, I originally read about Howard in um, my 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 best friend growing up had like this big like history of Marvel book. And I just thought he was like such a like goofy, interesting character. So I was like, I'm gonna go read Howard the Duck, and I did. Um, but that was like forever ago, and I haven't revisited them since I was like probably 17. Um, and uh, and then I, I I saw the movie once <laughs> as well as as like a a young teen, and thought it was hilarious. Did you personally like relate to the character at all? You know, I I do know what it's like to get just quacking mad. Um, I have been known to do a little quack <laughs> bad in my for day. Me. <laughs> um, and I, and I think much like Howard, I think if I ran for president, I'd probably be a successful candidate, but they wouldn't let me, they wouldn't let me take it though. Checks out. 
Oh, and I and I hate wearing pants. <laughs> oh man, we all hate wearing fair, pants. Honestly, I, I don't like any of this, <laughs> <laughs> especially the pants. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, do you know this character? <sighs> um, I uh, <laughs> I saw him in uh, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy, right? He had a cameo in yes. that movie, Seth yeah. Green. Yeah. I saw him in that, and then uh, I vowed that I would never see him again. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone had the bright idea of doing a book club on the character. <laughs> and uh, here I am, unfortunately. Fortunately? Unfortunately. Uh, I was happy okay. to vote yes. <laughs> I feel uh, like I might Phil. have sparked that, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know how the votes ruled that direction, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> to answer your question, Marco, yeah, I, I have familiarity with this character. We've we go way back. I've I've met him in grocery stores, in record stores, down dark alleys, and every time it's an unpleasant interaction. Yeah, I I I've been familiar with Howard the Duck forever. I saw the movie, the George Lucas film. I, <laughs> the seminal I, George Lucas film. Yeah, it's that in the prequel trilogy. Um, everything else is trash. Um, <laughs> uh, while I was reading this book, I really genuinely felt, and Tyler, maybe you can back me up on this and tell me if I'm right or wrong. I honestly felt like I was reading a book where Matt Murphy was the protagonist the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I, I'm... I'm kind of with you. I I think uh, Howard is a good mixture of. I feel like he's the George Costanza of the Marvel universe. And that's <laughs> yes. Matt Murphy. Yeah, yeah, I know. Which which works out. Yeah, because Matt's the George Costanza of this universe. <laughs> so it, it it does kind of work that way. But yeah, that's that's how I've always viewed him, and that's why I like the character so much because he's a curmudgeonly piece of shit. <laughs> what are you saying about your friend? Exactly the same thing. Um, <laughs> and that's why he loves him. Exactly. Yeah, that's why we're friends. Um. But yeah, I I love Howard the Duck, um, and I my history with Howard starts from when I was a kid, and my dad got me a Silver Surfer action figure, and it was like oh part of the, oh it's a Marvel Legend yes, and Series it had five. Howard the Duck in it. It was like part yes. uh, I guess it came with his board and Howard the Duck for some strange reason. Yes, I um, have the same figure. Yeah, so uh, which I'm looking on eBay to get because I lost it years ago, but uh, it started from there. And then, you know, back when I started getting into comics, you know, in high school and early college, I, I read The Untold History of the Marvel Universe by Sean Howe, which is a fantastic book. And he gets into a lot of the Howard the Duck kind of history in that. Strangely all over, especially with Steve Gerber and what Howard meant to Gerber and how big he got, you know, when the character was introduced. So that really sparked my interest. And I love shitty movies. And Howard the Duck is one of my favorite, favorite shittiest movies uh, of all time. Um, it's, it has, uh, I went to, I saw it at the Alamo. I saw a screening of Howard the Duck at the Alamo. Oh, seminal um, art. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great artistic film. Um, and they did Howard the Duck trivia beforehand and, uh, Matt actually won the trivia and was gifted a vinyl that he still has of the Howard the Duck theme song. That's incredible. Yeah. Which I'm wait I'm waiting for him to eventually die so he can bequeath that to me. <laughs> that, That's so fact, random. The fact yeah. that he won that trivia contest really speaks to his level of self awareness. <laughs> he was just talking from his own history, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Uh, I actually might have been feeding him answers because I didn't like talking in front of a huge crowd. Um, but and yeah, yet and he then, kept the vinyl. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that speaks to the Howard the Duck in him. I won. I won a book. I think that same night. Here you are talking to our thousands of listeners. <laughs> oh no, uh, no. So it's uh, and then then this uh, this Chip Quinones run came about uh, right at the time when I was really into Marvel comics, and I love this book. Um, which I'm I'm really interested to see your guys' reactions because uh, I don't really get to talk to many people about this book because it's kind of a weird cut. Um, I wouldn't even say it's a deep cut, but it's it's kind of a weird thing that uh, <laughs> was. So this popular. is, so this is one of the reasons I decided to bring you on. Cool. Like yeah. I, aside from like your plethora of knowledge of Howard the Duck, but I wanted to get sort of like a mix of me who I've never read this and never yeah. experienced somebody coming into this character one to see if whether or not the character actually translates into what has historically been his character, and then two to see how this run sort of takes that and plays with it. Um, so kind of just jumping right into it um this first arc just kind of starts you off as howard the duck he's in his office he's apparently a detective um and he's just tired of earth he's not happy with where he is he's not happy with the station he's not happy with what he's doing so he needs to find a way to get home uh and his his home is apparently and tyler correct me here he lives on a planet with other talking ducks yeah, Duck World. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Why. Duck how, World. How did you not know that, Marco? Come on. I, pff, no no familiarity with this character. What the duck did. I, honestly, it could have been called Quack World. Like, I have no idea. That would be ridiculous, Marco. Oh, Come that on. would be ridiculous? It's not a world full of quacks. It's a world full of ducks. I mean, what do, what do ducks it. do? Right there, you, Sean. <laughs> so, That's a world where my psychiatrist belongs. <laughs> What do ducks do? They fuck, Marco. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. No, you know, you know what this duck does? He fucking solves cases. That's what he does. Case Case closed. closed. Yo, great, anime. <laughs> great anime, by the way. Um, All right. Uh, <laughs> so, um, first off, what do you guys think of his character? And then, uh, Tyler, I would like you to answer to see how it differs between what you've known, what you've seen, and then like how Chip sort of takes this character and kind of runs with it. So, Sean, because you haven't had any familiarity with this character either, I'd like to hear your opinion first. What do I think of his character? Well, let's see. I hate his character. Um, I thought you lo- you love like talking animals. I know. I, I do. Isn't that like Why this is like, like the Howard talking the animal? As it turns out, I actually hate talking ducks. <laughs> uh, Wait, Daffy. Daffy sucks too. Donald? What? Fuck, dude. Whoa. Donald sucks too. You're a hater, bro. <laughs> All talking ducks are douchebags. <laughs> it's a fact. That is true, actually. That's yeah. what makes them awesome. Wrong. Pete Pe- uh, feels personally attacked because he's like Daffy Duck. <laughs> no, I think I'm probably more like Donald. I always thought he was a Woody Woodpecker. I thought that we were. I thought that was the. Uh, what a, the bird, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, My haircut no. right now definitely makes me look like Woody Woodpecker. I'll give you That's that. That's actually true. Uh, I I really didn't like his character. I mean, he's kind of like okay, cool. You want to get home? That's that's nice. Um, but he's a jerk, and uh, that's all there is to him. Really, I don't think there. I don't think he. I don't think that we're supposed to get much out of his character. It's slapstick, and you either like that or you don't, and I don't. Um, yeah, he's he's fine. He feels like he belongs in uh, 
who framed Roger Rabbit or something. Yeah, yep. Which, surprise, um, that's like one of my favorite movies. I think I'm sensing something here. <laughs> <laughs> you like ducks. <laughs> that's quacktastic. Um, I... <laughs> I think you broke Sean with that one. <laughs> Oh, he's qu- he's quacking up right now. Just let him. <laughs> don't be- Have fun editing come, this come, one, guys. C- come on, Tyler. Don't be a wise quacker. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> now you see my ulterior motives for requesting this. <laughs> I'm trying to break Sean. I know. Uh, he's a he's a tough egg to crack. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, he, all right. I, I I mean I don't know he as a character in a comic book he's fine I have no issue with him in that capacity but if he was a person I knew in my real life or in this case an anthropomorphic duck I knew in my real life I'd want nothing to do with him <laughs> but as, as like a leading man and he's quite the leading man he's a regular Cary Grant you know but <laughs> um, yeah he's, he's totally a fine character in a comic book but he's a douchebag. Sean's right. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Pete? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a douchebag, but that's why I like him. You know, like, he's, yeah, yeah. He, he's there a fun go. character there to follow. Um, and I, I think Howard has always appealed to me because I think he is representative of what I really like about comics. Like, I think it's, like, the the cool thing about the Marvel Universe is that it's a universe where, like, excuse me, where, like, Captain America and the Mighty Thor and Howard the Duck all coexist, you know? Um, And, like, and he he adds an interesting flavor, uh, despite the fact that, like, he's largely pretty pretty useless and is definitely an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but like that's why he's funny, you know. Like, like, and it's like, and it's not like everybody like doesn't acknowledge that. Like, I love the entire time he's interacting with the thing. The thing is just like jabbing at him, you know, because he's a dick and he's annoying. But like, that's that's why he's like a fun character to follow and just see like what wacky thing is gonna happen to him next, you know? Yeah, definitely. And and that I think like to, well to Sean's earlier point on like it being a slapstick character and you kind of like him or not. I, I liked him for for what he was. Um, and Pete, to your point on like just the misadventures he gets into, like that was the the fun part for me. And it was definitely super comic booky, which is like for me something that I don't always um, connect with. Yeah, yeah. yeah this, so, this is in Harrow County. All right. This is yeah. <laughs> It's not. It's it. One hundred percent is not, and it's yeah. like the opposite spectrum of what I'll normally consume. So for me to just kind of jump in, like you know, there there were moments where I was like, okay, this is getting to be super complicated. This is getting to be like a lot, but a lot of a lot of the time, like uh, I think Howard was able to hold it down for me because he was a character who, even though he was an asshole, was grounded enough in his like human reactions to stuff that everything that was going around him you could just kind of comment on and be like oh okay fine like i I get this this is this is funny it's clever um so tyler yeah yeah so i'm gonna go with a hot take here um people like to think that spider-man is like the like peter parker's the everyday uh character people the the character people can relate to uh for me it's fucking howard the duck (laughs) like that says a lot more about you 
than you think. No, I know. <laughs> I know what it says about me. Trust me. Um, but but I think like the way I mean, like I work in New York City. Like I feel this guy. This guy is somebody who would be complaining that he's on the subway for two yes, minutes too long. Right. Like I relate to him on a spiritual level. And as a leading character, I think Howard is good because of how other people play off of him. I think if we had a solo book where it's just an introspection into Howard by himself, it would kind of be boring as fuck. Um, but in the way that we can see Spider-Man, the thing, Daredevil, She-Hulk interact with a duck living in their world, I think that's kind of what makes Howard the Duck so fun. Um, because he's he is uh, emblematic of what the Marvel Universe can be. And it's why, like, the Marvel Universe is, like, my favorite fictional universe in any single form of medium. So just that fact that Howard can kind of embody that uh, really, really wets my beak. Uh, You're tried, a quack. But, yep. <laughs> uh, I know. I totally agree with the, like, the New Yorker vibe of him just being like, dude, yeah. like, what the fuck? Like, uh, about, like, everything. Which is funny because he hasn't always been a New Yorker. He was from Detroit. Uh, he got, I think, transported to Detroit originally. Um, oh, okay. Which, so a city guy. He's a city yeah, guy. He's like a city guy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, even though he was in a swamp at one point, which don't get too excited, Marco. Um, uh, with Man Thing, <laughs> don't did, worry. They did no. name drop Man Thing. They though. did yeah. name drop Man Thing. That, that, honestly, that tickled me. So, hey, first appearance is in Man Thing. If you want, if you want to read that. Wait, is he really? Yeah, yeah. The first appearance of Howard the Duck is in Man Thing number one. Gi- is it giant size Man Thing? Oh, or... don't, oh, don't say anything more about that, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so the run starts off again with him trying to find another, um, trying to go back home, right? And uh, to what Tyler said, he ends up in a swamp to go see Man-Thing because he is the protector of the nexus of all realities. Um, and it turns out that there's these two villains take it over, him and... Uh, Howard and his, uh, I guess, sidekick and co-hipster detective, uh, Tara, there, they beat him, they beat this, the supervillain, um, and the Nexus ends up getting, like, imbued in his body. Yeah, so so one thing I want to mention is, I don't think they actually tell you in these two volumes, but it is revealed in the volume zero, uh, Tara's a scroll. Oh, they oh. They, you guys didn't catch that? They alluded to that during the run. Did they? They do, but they don't say yeah. it outright. They do in uh, the oh. Zero volume, which Even- I was like, oh, when did they? I feel like, because I, I didn't read Zero for this this uh, recording. Like, I yeah. knew she was a scroll, so um, I well, was like, I, oh. I will say, like, I I read I read um, the Zero volume, but I read it after I read this gotcha. volume. Okay. Because, mm-hmm. okay. like, when Marco was like, re- we're reading volume one and two, I was like, oh, I thought we were just doing one to, like, the one to 11 one. So I went back and read what I thought was volume one. I didn't realize it was Zero at the time. Um, but when I just read the original issues that we're talking about today, like, I picked up that she was a scroll because... I mean, like, they pointed out that she was a shapeshifter, right, obviously, but there's two times. There's once where Howard goes, oh, like, use your scrub, I mean, superpowers. Yeah. And uh... then there's another time where Spider-Man goes, and definitely not a scrawl over here. Like, so it's oh, like, okay. yeah, they definitely alluded to it. I thought those were jokes. Yeah, same. Mm, also, 
I think Pete's the real detective around here. He's a regular Howard the Duck. There you go. Well, listen, isn't Pete a scroll? Uh, is, am, am, am I losing my comics? Well, I, I was one of the only ones who wasn't a scroll. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. But you're, you're good at detecting them, apparently. So, I'm just a lazy detective who doesn't like to wear pants. <laughs> so, a duck. As, uh, as he is, his body and the Nexus are sort of becoming one, they get stopped by Shocket and Linda, who are clone versions of Rocket Raccoon and Howard from Volume Zero, who had escaped the Collector, and they... I'll, I like what? how you're describing this so casually, and it's the, the most comic booky shit ever. <laughs> it is, it is, and like, like I was like fine with this stuff. Like, like, like I yeah. was fine with it, like the like the the background of this. I just kind of like accepted it. Like once you get into that the the first issue and like the meat of it, you're just kind of like, all right, like whatever they throw, I'm just gonna kind of like take. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, uh, just curious. Uh, that was a heartfelt issue, like issue two with like the um, just getting to know the these two characters, Linda and um, Shocket, their sort of how they come from escaping to going back into again more comic, weird ass comic booky shit, going from the present back twenty five years to escape the collector because he wouldn't have wanted to collect them at that point. Yeah, and then ending up <laughs> um, going to Howard, who is now the Nexus. To try to find a, a new home where they don't have to worry about the collector. Yeah, I think the thing about issue two that really jumps out to me is the guest artist and Veronica Fish for that issue. Yes. Um, which I think she's doing Archie or something right now. She's doing one of she the Archie was, books. She's doing some of it. Yeah. I, I don't know if she's like the the one right now, but she uh, she, she did was, like a couple arcs. Yeah, she definitely was doing something, and uh, it's it's uh it's really good. It's a it's a good compliment to uh, Kenyonis's art, which uh, I, I think uh, Fish's art is way more cartoony. Um, which is saying something for Kenyonis, but Kenyonis gets a little referency at points. Um, but yeah, I really like the second issue because these are like brand new characters that we get their entire life story and they're brought into the main story in one single issue, which I think is pretty well done. I I think there's a lot to be said about the structuring of these 11 issues. I think Chip did a really good job with the narrative. It was really creative how he structured it. But the more important point I want to make here is the main differentiating point that separates Howard from Matt Murphy is Matt Murphy would have absolutely slept with his clone. One hundred percent. I'm nine, I'm I'm positive I've had a discussion with him. <laughs> as soon as the Snapchat filter came out, it was all he could think about. Oh, it was before that. Trust me, this is a dr- drunken college story. Uh, I think that was the night that he thought he was the Flash and tried chasing a a bus while he was drunk and almost got hit by it. Um. <laughs> Actual was that story. Howard or Matt? Uh, that that was uh, uh, that was Matt, and I'm outing his secret identity as a Flash now. But hey, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Flash. Uh, what did you guys think of uh, these characters? Phil, to your point, that they, they were they were well developed in that issue. But like, what did you guys think of them? So this was the, uh, that issue was actually the only issue of this that I liked. <laughs> really? Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, I like the the character development. There was a great emotional through line. Uh, it was the only issue where there was something that I felt like mattered ultimately. So I gravitated towards that because there was meaning there. Um, and I, I liked their characters. Uh, they were they were fun. I liked how Linda was like not too much like Howard the Duck. She was pretty much the opposite. Whereas 
uh, Shocket was just was Rocket basically. <laughs> was it just um, a pink mohawk? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I think you, uh, Pete, and Shocket go to the same uh, go to the same barber. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I liked them fine. I was attached to them for sure through this issue, and um, it was a nice it was a nice break from the rest of the the uh, the affairs that go on through the rest of these uh, eleven issues. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> cold blooded. Uh, yeah, I also really enjoyed this issue. I thought that it was a good way to make us connect with the characters because I agree that it was really well executed. And I think when you are gonna introduce like new characters that are like have to come in and be major players in a story with a bunch of other familiar characters, um, that's not always an easy task to do. So I thought that um, getting that whole journey for them and like having that issue to inform their motivation like really was what made them work in the broader context of the story and like that's that just speaks to uh to chip's skill there yeah i as much as i like issue two i do feel like reading this in 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 collected format is it's a little jarring to get that whole issue dedicated to shock and linda after we only had one issue with howard i think that's where like editorially it really feels a little out of place I agree with that. Um, I I did kind of feel like it was like, oh, okay, like we're like we're just getting into this yeah. and we're gonna like already divert, you know. Which I think reading it collected actually like made it work a little bit better because I read it all in one sitting, so yes, like sir. the pacing wasn't too thrown off. I think month to month I would have been like, what, you know, like okay, not that it's, but I think the thing is it's such a good issue that yeah. I it, yeah. like I don't really care. Well, this is also a book that has a volume zero. Like, so we can tell some some tomfoolery went around during the, the editorial process. Shit, they make Secret fun Wars. of the editorial process in the book. Oh, yeah, that last yeah. arc is my favorite thing ever. But Three and four sort of conclude this first arc where um, after Linda and Shaka are introduced, we end up having them uh, collectively go to back to the collector to free the rest of his collection. Um, they feel bad for the other people that they've left behind. Uh, and Howard sort of shows a little bit of compassion here with respect to the rest of the people because he, he too was part of this collection and wants to go back and help them. Along their way, they meet up with a knockoff Silver Surfer called Scout. Uh, Galactus pops up in the middle of it. And the actual Silver Surfer comes through. And the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, also come up, help them out, and uh, ultimately... They all join forces, minus Galactus, to go and stop the Collector. Um, what did you guys think of the Collector as a villain? Oh, interesting. I I really like the Collector as a character. I think he's just like he's an interesting figure in like the broader cosmic universe because like, um, it, I just I always found him kind of compelling because like I think on paper his goal is like it sounds noble. Right, like he wants to preserve the diversity and culture of the universe, but like the way he does it is so um like disrespectful and trivializing of those peoples and their cultures that it's kind of like he's he's just I don't know, he's always been very interesting to me. So like I thought that like he seemed uh like a good foil to you know, like Howard's situation I guess right like the whole book like is very focused on the the 
the fact that he's kind of a freak, you know? Um, so I, I thought that he slotted in there pretty nicely, and, and I'm a fan of the character anyway. I I was just going to say um, that I really didn't think much of him. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. He, he's kind of just there for the most part, um, and he has, you know, whatever his goals are, but he's more just like a foil for, you know, the main characters and – He's not really. There's not much to him. I I don't think here. Yeah, I mean, I think he's here because in a book that is, you know, uh, tongue in cheek and kind of comedic, he fits the bill. Haha. Uh, <laughs> oh damn it! I was waiting to use that one, Phil. <laughs> you did it by accident. <laughs> I sure did. I, can't take credit for that I like one. it. I like seeing you hear your own pun for the first time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, everyone, everyone, shut up. That was a good one. <laughs> um, yeah, he's an appropriate kind of foil to, you know, this kind of story. I had no issue with it. I think the only reason the collector is in this is because of the movie. Like, I think this is one of those those mandates. Uh, even Howard makes a joke. He's like, suddenly I'm all always in cosmic stories now. And <laughs> it's only because he was in the Howard the Duck. Uh, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, like, I, uh, traditionally, Howard was never a space character. He was just no. a guy no. that would run into, like, a bull market. That, uh, that bull character they showed in the flashbacks. I guess Benicio del Toro is a space guy now too, because he was in Star Wars. Well, I got something, Tyler. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Tyler, who would you have rather seen as kind of a foil in this book than if you know, not as, in, in lieu of like a movie tie-in? Yeah, as much as I, I do feel like it is a movie tie-in, I'm okay with the collector, honestly. Um, I think it's I, especially when this book was coming out, I was starving for more cosmic Marvel. Um, as you know, and I'm curious to see what you guys think about this, but, um, as you can see by that Guardians lineup, uh, we weren't getting much Cosmic Marvel at the time. This is Bendis' uh, era. Yeah. Oh, surprise. Kitty Pride's in a Bendis book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. His waifu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, um what'd you guys think of that actually? Cause I, cause I forgot that this was the Guardians lineup when this, I was reading this. I'm like, oh, this is the second time we've read a book for the book club that's had this iteration of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and it's so annoying because <laughs> I hate this era of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I love uh, this is like a tired, retreaded point at this point, but I love the Abnett and um, Landing era of Guardians of the Galaxy so much, and the movie was a nice little surprise. You know, it wasn't really to the spirit of the book, but it was it was something different for like the pop culture zeitgeist. And ever since, it's it's been run into the ground in oh, the comics. I'm totally with you. This, I I was reading Guardians for like every issue for years until the Bendis run, where it was just like, let's bring in my favorite uh, street level characters. <laughs> um, like as much as I don't mind. Ben is writing the thing. He understands the thing. Uh, he, but then like Venom, and I'm a huge Flash Thompson fan. Like in a vacuum, Kitty Pride, the thing, and Flash Thompson are fantastic characters. But like it just kind of destroyed my love for the Guardians at the time. Um, and then seeing in, seeing them in this book, I was like, oh shit, I forgot that happened. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Star Lord and Howard would have been such a good play against each other. And instead, we just get Lady Star Lord jokes, which I think. Chip does his best job that he could with the, with the current state of the Guardians of the Galaxy. 
Um, ah, but there's a missed opportunity there, which I hopefully hopefully we get because I know Howard showed up in current Guardians and background scenes. So they felt so shoehorned in. Yeah, man. like oh, I could do without the Guardians just randomly showing up in books. I could definitely <laughs> do without that. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I get why they'd want to like have Rocket show up since like he appears in volume zero but like i don't think it needed to be like the whole guardians at the time like it, it did feel just kind of like oh and the guardian showed up to help out oh okay there's there's an episode of the simpsons uh where uh it's a spin-off showcase where they basically make fun of television sitcoms that get spin-offs and one of the ideas is, is that principal skinner and uh, Chief Wiggum get a show in New Orleans, and the Simpsons show up to help out Chief Wiggum and Principal oh, Skinner. Yeah. <laughs> totally and, about that and Lisa has a shoehorn line where it's like, "I'm sure you guys are gonna get in all kinds of wacky uh, adventures and hijinks <laughs> without us." And that's basically what this was, yeah. but uh, the like straight faced. Yeah, I, uh, I was not a fan of the Guardians coming out of this. They, <laughs> they popped up in um, for Captain Marvel. Um, but it was at a like lesser capacity, and that one was, I think, just Rocket, um, and maybe like one other one or two other characters. But like that felt a little bit of a smoother transition to introduce these characters than them kind of popping up. And then I was so confused about Venom. <laughs> yeah, I was beyond confused in Venom. I knew about Kitty Pride only because I sometimes know about things about Marvel, and then. Outside of that, it was just like they were kind of boring and bland, and I didn't, I did not like the thing. Oh, what? Really? I thought that was the only good part of that. I, I like the way they played the thing. Um, it was I, fine. The thing and Howard the Duck are definitely like cigar smoking buddies. <laughs> I can see that. Like just, it's a good. They just go a little, a little, little together, and they just smoke cigars and loading your face and repeat like, their catchphrases back to each yeah, other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. After all that gets wrapped up, uh, and specifically Howard the Duck ends up with the help of the Silver Surfer uh, and Silver Surfer Point Two, like they beat the Collector, they he sends them off because he has the Nexus powers, uh, so he teleports them to someplace else. They free the entire planet, and then um, Howard decides that he is now free to go home. He teleports. And he teleports to some place in Maine. Uh, a woman opens the door, and then it cuts. And then we go into like these like two, three issues of just like random <laughs> nonsense. Which I honestly, as I was reading this shit, I was falling asleep. I did not like these like these three filler issues at all. <laughs> so one of the what, yeah, it, it is especially in trade. It's 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 jarring. Um, but month to month, the Squirrel Girl Howard thing all happened in a month. So. You only had really two months off, uh, but still, two months was was a little rough at the time. Yeah, I, I I didn't have a problem with them. I didn't I didn't dislike the stories because like I'm a fan of the Howard character, and like again, like I I definitely agree um, with Tyler that I think the fun of him comes with him bouncing off of other heroes, you know, or not other heroes, I should say, off of superheroes. Yeah, and um, they were fun stories, but I would have rather like for the sake of. Uh, you know, like if, if, if we had read it in like a, a trade format or something like that, you know, like it would have been better. I think if those were placed at the end of the book or something like that, you know? Yeah. 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 
Well, not to mention too abrupt. Yeah, and then like, like you, especially because they set up what happened. Yeah, yeah, and like for Marco and 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 Sean, like that cliffhanger means nothing to you. Yeah, that too. It was literally oh, this lady walks out. Cool, hot. Yeah. Don't know what's going on. Yeah, but like it, Howard Purist felt it. Like I was. I know somehow who she is. Like I don't know how, but I know what. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like I just, I just knew. Like, oh yeah, that's his girl. Like maybe I saw the movie when I was a kid or something. I don't know. I think you just um, have like redhead understanding. Like, you know. <laughs> it was like, oh yes, he's in love with this redhead. I get it. She yeah, I get beautiful. it. <laughs> it's very possible. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. Like I wanted to see what was going to happen with that. And then it just cut off. So I was like, all right. Whatever. <laughs> Sean got yeah. blue-balled. I, I, I get that. I get that a lot. But I, I thought particularly the Squirrel Girl, girl, squirrel girl Jesus crossover was a lot of fun. Um, there was just a fun group of characters. And uh, I, I definitely liked... I, I, I got a lot out of just the humor of, of that issue specifically. Um, have you, either of you guys, any of you guys read Squirrel Girl at all? No. No. I'm, I'm kind of interested in it now, though. Okay. So this, uh, this little crossover in this is, has both the creative teams of both books kind of doing each other's stuff. Um, but specifically, Ryan North, who writes Squirrel Girl, does this whole shtick at the bottom of each page yeah. where he writes to the, the, the reader essentially it's like a weird way of doing editorial boxes but they're like part of each page um i'm curious to think to to hear what you guys think of that little uh gimmick if you would is that is that something that even read it because i know people who don't but so i i I did and i was confused by it because i was just like all right this is a weird like what's going on here um uh is that something that happens in I'm gonna squirrel girl. Like, is that just like a thing, or is this something he did specifically for this issue? It's a Ryan North thing, actually. Um, oh, he's he does done it all in of his books. Huh. Yeah, he, uh, the thing I, I remember reading um, his Adventure Time when he when he first wrote that um, did the same thing in Adventure Time, um, which you know. Then I saw Squirrel Girl, and I kind of saw that he kept doing it in this as well. Um, that's his shtick, um, which I've never seen anyone do or anyone do since. So. I have no issue with that gimmick. It's something different in yeah. a medium that ha- risks constant stagnation. So when you have someone that's literally thinking outside the box, yeah, while it's unorthodox, I have zero issue with it. Yeah, I agree. Like I, I, I thought it was like, especially because the issue was goofy. The fact that they were like making goofs, I was like, yeah, this is. It, it felt like totally appropriate, you know. For me, it was just another annoying thing that was happening. <laughs> like, it's got to be a I, no from me, dog. <laughs> you know, I, I read the first three, and I was like, oh, okay, all right, this is kind of cute, I guess. And then I was like, you know what? Matter of fact, this is annoying. I'm done. <laughs> so, like, the first time I read a Ryan North book, I was with Sean on that. Um but then, like, I just kind of got used to it. And I think that the play on Chip being a part of the, the gag, which he never does, uh, was a weird team up like the same way the characters are teaming up uh, the writers were teaming up at the bottom of the pages so I thought was pretty interesting and then see and then the Howard issue Chip does it and then Ryan has to kind of respond to Chip I thought that was pretty interesting um, especially yeah, I got a kick out of it yeah yeah I think that it was a, a neat play on 
the creative process in a way, like between the two people. And I just like Chip's uh, not liking it and, and hating the whole shtick in the first place. Because I'm like, yeah, I kind of agree with you. Also, I uh, I got I got such a kick out of the characterization of Craven. Oh yeah, like, and it's like you know I I love Craven as a serious character and everything, but like there's nothing wrong with you know like his comedy book like playing Marvel characters for humor like often works, and I I just thought like. The, specifically that end gag where he like attacks the fisherman it was funny man it was funny i like the way they, they ended it like it was a freeze frame like like kind of like a film they were just like dun and then like, you can hear like theme, you can probably like, <laughs> yeah. the theme music playing on it, like over that I, that was a lot of fun um yeah it was it was okay like uh i i did like the the ryan Rose stuff at the bottom it, it was to phil's point it was really like quirky and um I, I enjoy those kind of things. Yeah, I think I think quirky is a good word because that is both like uh, a compliment and a a diss at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how you describe the show Girls. That's a quirky show. <laughs> but after those three issues, we finally get back into like the actual story, where it turns out that this person is his best friend, sometimes on off lover. After a quick Wikipedia search. Mm-hmm. Wait, can I can I disrupt you just like the book disrupted the storytelling of this arc and talk about the Kevin Maguire arc? Uh, the oh what? Oh yeah 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 yeah. And the Savage Land issue. Um, so Kevin Maguire doing a Marvel book is not something you see often. Um, so when it was announced that he was doing a Howard the Duck book, I was kind of super psyched for it. Um, and then it was announced he was doing it with Captain America and Daredevil and She Hulk. So I was like, yes. Um, I'm but, sorry, uh, no, no, no. It's not Captain America. It's just Steve. Tyler. Oh, it's just Steve. Sorry, yeah, yeah. It's Grandpa Steve. Uh, but um, actually, um, Phil, are you a big Kevin McGuire fan? I know you're like a DC guy. Um, I don't know if JLA or, or uh, is is your thing or JLI. Sorry. Oh, I love JLI. Um, I think we. I, I, that's on. That's one of those books that's been on our. Um, dock it for the book club but it might not fit because it's really more long form you yes, know yeah. but uh like keith giffen too like no i'm a big fan what did you think of him doing uh i guess the most comic booky thing in the marvel universe with howard the duck in the savage land which i thought was weird okay uh, so that I'm, uh, i i was gonna talk about this uh there's one thing that i don't really like in comics very much and it's dinosaur shit <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what really really yeah it's I, I love dinosaurs too but it's just like i kind of just roll my eye I, 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 my, it's not that i roll my eyes it's like they kind of just glaze over that's so funny that's Dude, such a i'm right I, there with you yeah Wait, I feel what? the exact same way so that's so specific why that, so, so you stupid. don't like dinosaur shit the same way sean doesn't like pirates I was oh, no, about to I, say that, dude. It's like it's every year I find out something new about these guys. <laughs> no, it's it's. Listen, I I like dinosaurs. I really do. It's no, that's just... why I'm so surprised. <laughs> I know you like dinosaurs. <laughs> you're hitting me with this revelation. I love dinosaurs, dude. Yeah, they're great. You know, Jurassic Park, one of the greatest movies. But ever. you don't like them in comics. Nope. Yeah, it's just like well, Return of Bruce Wayne too. Like. There was there Horrible. was a run of uncanny X Men from the late two thousands. I'm not talking about classic Sauron shit, but like where like I don't remember who was writing it, but it had Rachel Summers. I think she turned into a dinosaur in it. Just all <laughs> oh <garbage>. yeah, <laughs> I think you're right. Either way, that's funny, man. I mean, like that's 
I don't I don't love dinosaurs in comics. I just don't have any specific feelings about them in general. Like that's surprising to me. Here's the thing, like I also kind of don't like dinosaur shit. But I like the Savage Land. Does that make sense? Yo, yeah, yeah, that's Savage me. Is cool. Like the Savage Land is my jam. But like if you were to say, all right, all right. we're doing Jurassic Park, I'm like, yeah, fuck that. No, this is the Savage Land. Let's do that. <laughs> Um, I want Savage some Kazar. dinosaurs. It, you know. I know it is. It's a different flavor of dinosaurs. All right. It's a Y'all Marvel crazy. flavor. Yeah, whatever. No, because the Savage Land has like other stuff that goes yeah. on too. I like, I like that giant fish and fucking saber tooth tigers and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I did want to comment since we're talking about those particular issues. This is one of the things that really bothered me about this book is... You guys are saying how how well Howard the Duck works when he gets a playoff of others because of how weird he is. And I could agree with that, except for the fact that Chip makes every character like a weird, not really them version of themselves. And that takes away from the point you made. So like in Recommenders X-Force, I love Deadpool because everybody else is who they normally are. And they're all annoyed by how stupid and annoying Deadpool is. But in this book, everyone else is stupid and annoying, too. So you don't get a break from it from anybody. I, I think there's truth to that, but I, I, I think you have to read it for what it is. And that's kind of how I felt about it, where it's it's just it's a jokey book. You know, it, it's the, it puts the comic and comic book. Um, not that it's necessarily funny, but it's just it, the whole thing is tongue in cheek, and you have to read it for the tone that it has. Um, that don't so, mean I have to like it. Th- that's true. Yeah, that's absolutely, yeah, absolutely true. Yeah, and, and I I definitely get what you mean. Um, I think it's just for me, like it, it just didn't bother me because that I I agree with what Phil's putting down, where it's like that was just the vibe that was established. Except for like, there's a few characters that aren't portrayed that way like she hulk and daredevil were both like pretty straight um they were a little bickery though at a couple yeah they they weren't they weren't straight which which is funny because like i've been following chip's career throughout marvel and i think he's becoming like one of their big guys currently and he's written probably the best spider-man in recent years um he's currently writing an amazing daredevil and he's writing a great steve rogers in invaders currently and it sounds nothing like how these characters are in this book do you like yep. his Daredevil? Oh, it's the best Daredevil, I think, since Mark Wade's run. Wow. Well, um, that's not saying much. It's not, no, it's not like really saying much. Two, yeah, there's like, like one yeah, or two you guys in between. skipped one run <laughs> yeah, pretty <yeah>. much. <laughs> um, no, but uh, no, it's um, it's really good. It's uh, it, it's playing on my Irish Catholic guilt, which uh, that's what I want when I read Daredevil. Welcome to the show. Yeah, and it's, and it's uh, Matt Murdock getting his ass kicked. So that's the only thing, the only two things I need. So. Um, but, it, but I mean, it's interesting was, seeing his, his career. You know, this was three years ago, and that yeah. was like that was pretty near the like this was one of the first books he did after he, or was this before his his exclusive contract? This was before his exclusive contract. This is right during Sex Criminals, so this is I think where he was kind of known as the funny guy. Yeah, especially at cons and making Applebee's. Uh, yeah, and I think the only other thing he had done before that was, or not the only other thing, but the, the other thing he was doing at that time that was getting attention was Jughead, right? No, this is before that, too. Yeah. Okay. I believe this is his first writing thing for Marvel. Yep. 
Um, yeah, he did a couple variant stuff for art, art wise, but um, he was the sex criminals artist at that point. So this is this yeah. is before he really blew up after you know millions of people saw his interview with Pete and Bessie on the uh, Comics Pals page. <laughs> yeah, I really put him over, you know. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so, so Tyler, so you mentioned something earlier where uh, you you like to see him play off other characters, and that's sort of where he fits. Um, when we got to issue nine, where it's like uh, specifically about uh, Bev, who uh, is his again long term on and off her full name Beverly Switzler, um, she like that issue got got to me because that I actually saw an emotional aspect to this character. One where it's like, oh, you know, like, like there's obviously history here, um, and I was interested to see that emotional history and that emotional baggage. So when when you said that you like to see that that dynamic, I was immediately reminded of this issue and just like, you know, I would have rather have seen a solo Howard the Duck because to me, him being depressive is something that's more engaging and interesting and introspective as a what character. What say about than, you? <laughs> yo, I... Pff, I like Swamp Thing. Like that's, that's true. Marcus yeah, a sad I get it, boy. Yeah, I get it. I'm, I'm um, like low key a sad boy. And like, but like, I I enjoyed that that weight because that that felt like it had some stake to it. It does, and I think it, I think after you know we get that cliffhanger that means nothing to most people. Um, once you actually get into the kind of backstory and the flashback, you know, sequences that we get between De- Bev and Howard, I think it sets a good groundwork for where their relationship is. I think you get the main gist of what needs to be known. Um, but I still yeah, recommend yeah. watching the movie <laughs> to, to really get a, to really understand their relationship. Um, no, Marco, uh, go back and read volume one, dude. Volume zero. Volume well, zero. No, 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 no. I mean, like from <laughs> you know, oh, like, like original. Oh, oh, Steve okay. Kerber. Yeah. Okay. Go back um, and read the OG, man. That's how you understand. Or just watch yeah. the movie and watch the Howard the Duck sex scene. <laughs> Yeah, dude. It's a thing. Don't, yeah. It's a thing. That works, Sean. Yeah. Oh, with my God. Le- with Leia Thompson. Excuse me? And this me? is like yeah. right after Back to the Future Leia Thompson. Having sex with a duck. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> and there is a duck topless scene Wait. when they go to Duck World. <gasps> what? I have questions. I yes. can't so like, Send the me the time codes. <laughs> there are duck titties. I will be... Completely honest with that. Yeah. Tyler, you can't leave these breadcrumbs for Sean. <laughs> <laughs> so so what did you guys think about the the relationship between uh, Howard and Bev? I thought you were going to say duck titties, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> or it would really be, be duck breast, but. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a great day meat <laughs> oh that was a slow burn oh. but it hit me man <laughs> <laughs> wait are we still talking about duck titties what? <laughs> uh, to answer Marco's question uh, yeah I don't care I mean, they were fine they're, you know they were fine I guess <laughs> I think one, one thing that was a little weird that uh, I don't think is ever uh, referred to or talked about again is I think it's the end of that issue where uh, Bev just floats briefly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Can fly yeah. for some reason. Makes it go. Uh, I guess makes you think that the the Iron Sentinel, which was a great gag in the middle of a really serious issue, um, was coming for her this whole time. But I don't think they ever touched that again. So 
I don't know. But I think I think that issue is real good. At, Next volume, bro. Oh, I they're they're actually doing however the duck backup stories in uh, the War of the Realms. Uh, there's a War of the Realms uh, battle uh, scrolls war scrolls. That's what it was. It's a uh, main story is a Daredevil story by Jason Aaron and Andrea Sorrentino, um, where Daredevil has the powers of Heimdall now, and there's a backup what? by this team with Howard the Duck. Damn. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to have to pick that up. It's a pretty good first issue. It, just for the Sorrentino art alone, I would pick it up because it's gorgeous. Um, I just want more Howard, bro. Yeah. It's, it talks about uh, Howard and uh, Ice Giant poop. Good. Oh, yeah. all right. Yeah. yeah. It's that. not it's not heavy like this issue is. Um, <laughs> but I think I think this the, the the Bev issue it shows like how well Chip who's like a funny guy can do like real emotional, you know, bits there. I think yeah. you see a lot of it in his spectacular Spider-Man uh run. Um where I think I think in any 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 sense the people who understand comedy really well understand uh emotional beats really well. Uh, I think it's you know in film or even like I think they they understand how to manipulate emotion better. Um, like fucking uh, Jordan Peele doing fucking Get Out. Like he understands how to um, like manipulate something like humor, but then turn to something like horror, which I think Chip can kind of do too in a more uh, kind of a sappy way. But I think it works out. Yeah, I wish we get. I wish we would get more of the of that kind of Chip in this throughout this run. But yeah, yeah it's, it's a shame good. that it was limited to issues two and nine. Yeah, I think we get a little bit of it in the last arc, you know, here and there. It's sprinkled throughout all this metatextual stuff that we'll talk about, but yeah. The only thing I liked in this issue that I thought was pretty cool was how they showed, that first they showed the old panels with no oh, dialogue yeah, at all, yeah. and then they would add a little bit and add yeah, a little like bit. I, I thought that was, was a pretty cool gimmick. The, yeah, the art where it's the modern day stuff juxtaposed with the pop art looking stuff of the 70s, it, that was a good choice. Yeah, I think Quinones does a real good job at drawing um, older style art. Um, not to talk about another current book, but he's doing uh, Dial H for Hero right now. And he's doing a sick job of just mimicking other art styles. He did like a Toriyama issue and he did one uh, that was like uh, a Liefeld issue too. So hmm. he's playing around with that. Um, oh, interesting. But he's, yeah, That's he's, a he's, lot of talent. Yeah, that, I, he's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I I was really impressed with his paneling too. Yeah, um, there's a lot of like interesting paneling choices that just like aren't conventional but aren't hard to follow. And yeah, that's, he's not that's a, a J.H. Williams, walk. but it, it works. Yeah, like it works for what he's doing. Yeah, he's got a clean style. And uh, clean. so entering the final arc, starting on issue nine. Uh, with special guest Leah Thompson, um, where she, <laughs> no where sex scene in this arc, no sex scene in this arc, but no, no. she is trying to find herself, um, and it turns out that she's been part of this sort of back alley TV show, or like <laughs> where she's been portraying essentially the movie version as a series for um, for the Mojoverse. Um, where they have essentially the recreation of the uh, again of the of the film where she originally starred in. So like call back to that, and this is where it starts to get super meta, and where some of the interest started to spark up for me again because like originally it was kind of just like bland and like whatever for 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 a lot of um outside of like the emotional stuff. 
Yeah, it's just text. Yeah. Yeah, and like, um, it was it was really in- it was just like really interesting the way that he starts uh, specifically Chip starts to introduce himself as this over him himself as well as in tandem with Mojo, uh, these manipulators of stories and of life. Uh, it was it was cool that you could sort of see the editorial back end fit so well into the actual narrative of the story um what did you guys think of like overall that uh it was okay this was the the part of the book i was the least interested in um i thought that like they 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 made good use of the premise for for gags but it definitely felt like um in a book where the purpose is to jump the shark, I felt like this was kind of where it jumped the shark. Like, it gets very, like, ridiculous very quick. I think it does two turns first. It does the turn with Mojo, which right. that that yeah. set that set reminded me of the uh, Big Bardo Superman story uh, from DC, which uh, I don't know if you guys know about that one, but uh, you should look that one up. Um Oh, I'm on it, dude. I love Big Bard. Oh, oh, can I tell you what this is with the the story I'm referencing? Yes. Um, uh, you're talking about John Byrne. Is it, is it I I don't know who did it, but it the the storyline sounds like something John Byrne would do. Uh, it's where sure. there's this troll films uh, yep, a sex yep, tape yep, yep, yep. between Big Bard and Superman and like holds it what? against them. Um, it's, jo- it's John Byrne. What? It's yeah. John Byrne. That's ridiculous. Need that. <laughs> She's not a redhead though. But she's big. Bart. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Uh, see, I could bring I could bring this stuff out of people. I have a skill for that. My man um, likes <laughs> my man likes some dummy thick. <laughs> Who doesn't? Uh, no, so I think the the whole speaking of dummy thick, the whole mojo thing um, <laughs> with that's uh, one way to describe mojo. Yeah, uh, yeah, mojo. Mojo reminds me of people I know. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we're on the same page here. <laughs> I think so. Yes. Yeah. Um, Spoiler: They're both talking about Phil. Uh, <laughs> I think it's slowly domino affecting. <laughs> um, Damn. <laughs> so the whole Mojo thing, where he's filming essentially the filler for when Howard doesn't have an ongoing book and like that's what the TV show is because Howard constantly doesn't have a book. I think the last time Howard had a book before this one was he when he was in Marvel's he was like the main character of Marvel Zombies 3 or something like that. Um and before that he had like a, a Max series or something like that. So um it's cool how they found a plot reason through Mojo for what happens to Howard in between stories, I guess. And how he just he does the filler for it, uh, but then they go next step further by inserting the creative team into the book itself. Um, which there's this one visual gag that's so stupid. Um, it's when we get revealed that Chip and Joe are in the book. Um, they each have buttons, and they're looking at computer monitors. And if you look at Chip's button, it has a ketchup stain on the yellow button, in the same way the Watchmen uh, logo does. <laughs> which I guess that was his Osmond Dias moment. Uh, uh, but it's uh, I, I have I have fun with this because this is literally Chip writing himself, which I had a lot of fun with. This this is their version of when Grant Morrison met Buddy Baker, the Animal yeah, Man. Yeah, uh, 
A lot different than that, though. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Chip doesn't just, doesn't portray himself as God, you know. <laughs> no, uh, not yeah, at all. I, I think Chip's portrayal of himself is very funny. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give him that. Like, even if the device didn't work for me overall, like it, he like <laughs> pulled no punches against himself. <laughs> did, did you guys like the extended sequences of the? the gags about Marvel editorial. Um, yeah. yeah with the Tanya really Coat stuff. Yeah, really I good. thought that was good. Yeah. Uh, but it also like totally dates the book. So uh, I think it's one downside I, to it. I, but. I like that stuff. Oh, that there we go. Was, Found it. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff is kind of funny. Um, I, I, I love any story that includes Mojo just off top. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So hold on. <laughs> Phil hates dinosaur shit. You love Mojo shit. Yeah, Mojo's awesome. X Baby's uh, your I, thing? Yes. <laughs> I I was I was disappointed that we didn't get Spiral because I think Spiral's oh, awesome. As we well. got Helix though. We got Helix. <laughs> uh and that was kind of funny, but like I said, I wanted Spiral. But um Yeah, I, I think this arc was cool. Like Chip was definitely flexing his muscles a little bit and you know, playing I think Howard the Duck is the kind of character where you can do this with for sure. Yeah. And uh, for me, even though I wasn't enthralled by what he was putting down, this was the only like extended portion of the book where I was like, oh, this isn't this isn't bad. There was some stuff that I thought was super dumb, but um, the general idea of what he was doing, I was cool with. And there were some funny moments. I liked yeah. how it felt like somebody who knew the book was getting canceled. Yes. Yeah. They, they allude. They allude to it. They, yeah. they don't. They mention it. They're like, oh, the uh, one of the editorial guys is like, oh, this is whatever, and it's like he's not gonna be around for long. Yeah, yep. I think they do. I mean, it's also Howard the Duck, but like he right. also like seeds stuff in in previous issues that come up in this. It's like I feel like he knew the end of this book by the time the book started. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that was back when they didn't want to announce that a miniseries was a miniseries because nobody would buy it. Um. But thanks to stuff like uh, Mr. Miracle, I guess that's a thing again. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I like that it had a set ending and it worked. And it also explained that the ending is okay because they'll just have stories that come about later on and there will be filler and all that stuff and it'll show up everywhere. Um, yeah, when they said the thing about like, oh, we're going to just reboot him again next year, I was like, oh, good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I, I did really love that Joker. Like, are you kidding me? This whole thing brought him up from a D list to a C list character. <laughs> I I like any book that features the We Three animals, and we have the cat from We Three, basically. Uh, and it's it turns out to be Joe's cat Biggs. Uh, gotta respect that, frankly. I I knew that you would appreciate Biggs the cat, Phil, and I also appreciated him. We have you guys read We Three. Oh, I love it, dude. I haven't. I, oh, I, dude. I, all, the only reason I know what We 3 is is because of comic book pages without context. <laughs> uh, you like pets, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. It's super sad. Read I the need book. to read it. It's It'll like three me, issues or something. It's real quick. It'll make me real yeah. sad. Re- read uh, that, and then you can watch The Secret Life of Pets and feel like you wasted your time, so it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> Good. Uh, so uh, the, the book ends essentially with... Howard getting stabbed, dying, <laughs> and so, then, so nonchalantly. I mean, it's what happens, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. And, you guys are laughing uh, at the death of someone. 
there's yeah. a giant there's a giant uh battle at the end which i didn't much care for i just kind of like <laughs> my, my first reading uh, i just kind of like skipped through it i'm just like all right, all right all right i get it and then <laughs> I, we get to the end where like it actually starts to starts to end they get into this whole like creator's rights thing um which again like poking fun at editorial stuff but ultimately howard the duck is saved by dr strange pulling howard's soul from the astral plane back into his body and everything pretty much like wraps up uh the it turns out chip is the the ultimate villain here where he tries to control howard's life in order to continue to keep his job which is essentially what he does uh so i thought that was like a really funny a funny way to close out this book um but it it brought up a an interesting i guess thought for me where if if this is the case where people just sort of go about creating these stories for these superheroes to just interact with what's the weirdest not what's the weirdest interaction that a superhero would have and this is this is my question to close out the show this episode but if Howard the Duck is just canceled outside of him being sort of messed with with his story with his stories what's a the most boring possible story for any of your favorite superheroes picking one superhero uh i don't know if i understand what you're asking i mean are you talking about like i could just say daredevil shadowland like that would be (laughs) (laughs) are you saying like the worst direction you could take a character wait sean didn't you like that book no (laughs) (laughs) he was real defensive there he's like so offended like don't say that about me (laughs) so sean i I, I was fine with it i was fine with it what no so so, so sean what, what i'm saying is if the only reason that these characters have any interactions is because people control them what happens when people aren't controlling their stories what's the most boring interaction they have I see what you mean. Like, what happens between the pages? It would just be like nothing. It would be like regular life. Yeah, it's like the last issue of Superman ever isn't, you know, whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow or All-Star Superman. The last issue of Superman is him going through a midlife crisis, eating a shit ton of Doritos while playing Fallout. (laughs) (laughs) No, the last issue of Superman is when the world's destroyed because humanity sucks. Like, (laughs) there's just nothing. No, that's a depressing ending. A worse ending is him just, just fucking chill and doing nothing and like hating himself. So essentially, Thor in Endgame. Hey, yeah, so, but like, but it's that. But he never gets a redemption arc. He just gets sadder, and then he gets old and he dies. Yeah. You want to give Superman a happy ending where he's just chilling on a beach and he's reading like an actual comic book, and then he takes his glasses off and says, "Man, those are real some real action comics." <laughs> All right. Well, th- thank you for joining us for another book club. <laughs> Thanks so much, Tyler. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun here on this episode. I hope you had a ducking good time. Uh... <laughs> so what? So no, wait, but... wait. So Sean loves Mojo and duck puns. Apparently, <laughs> I guess. Nah, not in not in comic books. No, <laughs> just in life. Just in yeah, just in life. Um, no, no joke though. I do recommend reading or listening to the audiobook for the Untold History of Marvel Comics, the Untold Story of Marvel Comics. Um, really, really fucking good. And it might actually even you, Sean, it might interest you on on Howard the Duck once you're given like a historical context to it. It's really interesting. The only thing worse that I could imagine about engaging with Howard the Duck on any level than what I just read 
is if I had to listen to it from a historical context <laughs> in which there was no art that I could look at. Okay, because fine. the art throughout was fantastic. How about a Coke-fueled 80s movie directed by George Lucas? Am I on Coke? Because that you, would I mean, hey, maybe, I won't judge you. Like, if that's what you got to do to watch it. If you want to do some right, well, Coke and watch Howard the Duck, I'm in, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That sounds like a dangerous time. <laughs> so it sounds like Pete needs the therapy pals. Uh, I need to go to sleep. Marco needs to wrap this. <laughs> I got a cheesesteak waiting for me upstairs. Let's go. And so, some Coke. Well, so, so, to wrap the show. Tyler, thank you for joining us. Your plethora of knowledge uh, was very, you know, it was cool. <laughs> very what? Very what? Okay, cool. Yeah. It was cool. It was yeah. cool. You, you knew about Howard the Duck. It's just, this is, it's my swamp thing. Sorry. It is your swamp thing. There like you everyone go. Everyone so, has their own thing. Like Gene Gray. It. Yeah, like, I get it. I get it. Just uh, what happens to be Howard the Duck. Hey, man, you're, I'm, I'm just excited I finally got to talk to another person that cares about Howard the Duck at all. Oh, I love him. Yeah. This whole thing is foul. <laughs> <laughs> and with that if you would like to hear more from these foul boys um you can go listen marco wait we gotta recommend it or not oh shit <laughs> gotta do it all right Stand fine brother you really Are we gonna rec- that one up <laughs> all right i will say this i would not recommend this book at all whoa shit whoa i'm i'm <laughs> I'm calling foul play on that one, Marco. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like I, I was like, this book was the shit that I hate about superhero comics. <laughs> it embodies superhero comics. It so embodies superhero comics. I, dis- like- I, I was like, you liked it though. I liked the two issues. <laughs> the two issues I called out. He just had hosting <laughs> duties, all right. Oh I just had to host this shit. No, no, but 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 honestly, but honestly, the the the, the two issues where I, I think I get like the most emotional beat from. Like were were the were the really good parts of this of this series. Like it, outside of like the slapstick stuff, sure was fun, but none of it was none of it was meaty. It was all super brisk, and I, it's enjoyable for for some people, and that's like that's totally fine, right? I but I don't want to. That's not what I come to comics for, um, and it's not what I got out of this this series. Like Chip is is a great writer. He he does great stuff with the characters. Um, with respect to like him being able to tell this 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 narrative and this story, but it didn't land for me. It it was utterly just fine. Okay, that's a cow pun. Okay, that doesn't count here. Uh, <laughs> that's weak. That's weak shit, Marco. Um, no, I mean for me, I I think I would recommend it depending on the reader, right? Oh, like for sure. if if, yeah. if you're somebody that has an appreciation for like the weirder corners of the Marvel universe. If you're, you know, um, like interested in like comedy in your comics, then I think there's definitely a lot here. Um, and I think like for me, not everything needs to be super weighty, you know, um, like this book is candy, but I like candy sometimes. See, like it, it wasn't even like, I, I feel like there's better funny comics than, than this. Yep. I bet there's better comedy, there's better slapstick stuff than than what I've read here. Late game heel turn here. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Fucking Marco. I love oh, it. I, like in the very beginning, I really liked him. I responded to the character. Now he's shitting on it right at the very end. Like, what a fucking. Listen, man, what? birds of a feather flock together. Yeah, Marco knows what's so. up. I am with Marco. I would not recommend this to anyone on Earth. <laughs> I think. What about Duck World? <laughs> would you recommend it to people on Duck World? 
What would I recommend it to them on Duck World? <laughs> yeah. um, Maybe they flash yes, titties. I would. Exactly. <laughs> hey, watch quit, the movie. Quit, quit, I'm not joking. <laughs> I might have to. Uh, no, I think this is so. This is so uh, expert level comic reading in the sense that you have to have a lot of like knowledge about how comics work in order to read this. You can't hand this to a scrub, and that's definitely one of my barometers. And even then, like for me personally, there were times where I was like, I have no idea how we got here. I don't know what's going on. Like there was a lot of things that were really confusing. And so that also works against it. And I just didn't really find it to be that funny. I, I, I get the, the tone and everything, but I just didn't think it was funny. Like if I want to read a funny book, there are definitely other books that I would, I would recommend to someone. So um, A for effort. And great art, I think. But um, other than that, no. Oh, yeah. Sean, definitely check out uh, Dial H for Hero. I think that would be more down your alley. It's uh, it's Kenyonis drawing it. Um, oh, the one out right now? Yeah, cool. Yeah. It's it's only like, I think, three or four issues. Uh, he just yeah. drew an issue that was pretty much uh, Morrison's Doom Patrol versus uh, the art style of Gorillas. What? Like a band? <laughs> that sounds yeah. insane. Yeah. It's like Jamie Hewlett style. It's really interesting. Um, also, uh, check your messenger. I just showed you a little little uh, s- screenshot oh. from the Howard the Duck movie. Oh wow! All right, um, NSFW <laughs> sliding in my DMs real quick. Um, I guess <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll since I'm talking. Um, I would recommend this to everyone <laughs> that exists. Everyone, your mom, uh, uh, your dad, uh, your mom's boyfriend. Like I would I would recommend this to everyone. Um, but I think you need to be like a real Marvel fan to like this, honestly. Yeah, I think it definitely. is. A, it's it's kind of a love letter to what comic books can be in the Marvel universe. Um, also, I would recommend it to someone like Marco, who I know probably would either love it or hate it. It's like one of those things where I don't. I, there's really no middle ground. I feel. Um, so I think maybe if it had Man Thing. Hey, I was I kind of bummed we didn't get a little Man Thing uh, cameo. Not even like a little Man Thing slip. <laughs> oh God! I'll slip in there. <laughs> Um, I would I would not recommend uh, anyone to see what Tyler just uh, watch the movie. I'm just saying, watch Howard the Duck. It's an American classic. Honestly, it is. It really directed is. by George Lucas. Who's it has never um, made a bad movie. Never. It has not the once. It has the principal from uh, Ferris Bueller as the main villain, and the and the and <laughs> the wonderful Leah Thompson. Yeah, she's a fine bird. Hey, hey, <sighs> you're driving me cuckoo. Or, or Sean, just listen to the "How Did This Get Made" episode of Howard the Duck. You'll, oh, you'll, nice! You'll nice. you'll you'll kind of you might uh, want to watch it after listening to that. So, I respect that reference. Oh, it's a good good episode too. I doubt it, uh, Phil. What it, do you <laughs> recommend it? I gotta tell you, it's this is the worst kind of review I can give anything. It was fine. So I wouldn't actively recommend it, but I wouldn't tell people not to read it. If someone's like, oh, <laughs> if someone was like, "Hey, I'm gonna go read that Chip Zdarsky Howard the Duck," I'd be like, "All right, let me know what you think." But you're saying you wouldn't go up to someone and just hand them this book about a talking duck from New York that hangs out with a hipster shapeshifter. I'm sooner to talk to them about this is a stranger. I'm sooner to talk to them about <laughs> duck reproduction than to give them this book. <laughs> That's, that's accurate. That's problematic, I think. I've had that happen to me more than once. 
All right, so I'm done treading water for Marco. He dropped out of the call. This has been the Comics Pals Book Club. We'll see you next time. (laughs) Look, can we plug the other book clubs, please? I got it. I got it. I got it. So so, (laughs) if you have never heard our show before, uh, it sounds a little bit like this. I'm sorry for that. Wait, why Uh, is the first episode you're listening to the Howard the Duck episode? (laughs) Listen, there are cycles like you out there who just love this character. The Duck Squad rolls deep. This, honestly, but, listen. Sean has an Sean's aunt works with someone that honestly would probably listen to this episode as their first episode. So, and I'm going to talk about that more uh, on the show because he's nuts. But anyway, no, I hope um, he calls you to yell at you about your Howard the Duck related opinions. We've got plenty of other book clubs out there. We've oh, got damn! The- I missed the closing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're fucking done, Marco. You shut up now. Sean's doing the plugs. No, I want to end it. No! (laughs) No, you shut up. All right, here we go. Closing it out. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, wherever your social media is sold, at the Comics Pals. Email us, thecomicspals at gmail.com. And then go check us out wherever we're at. SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, iTunes. And if we're not there, let us know. We can try to get there. Uh, Otherwise... book club? What? What's the next book club? Bro, let me finish. <laughs> Damn. Uh, uh, um, next one coming up is going to be... Uh, Phil, what'd you get? Oh, uh, Silver Surfer Requiem. There Ooh. you go. Is it the Greg, um, uh, Greg Pak one? Uh, no, 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 no. It's it's by uh, J. Michael Straczynski. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Um, yeah, you could uh, you can listen to me. At, I Don't talk about Howard the Duck as much on my show. At uh, Longbox Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, uh, not on Pornhub. Uh, now I'm doing my shows, yeah. so that's what you can expect. Yeah, Tyler, let's start awesome. a Howard the Duck themed spinoff show where we just review every issue one by Dude, one. Dude, I will order. be back on the nah. show if you guys want to do an episode on the movie because I would totally <laughs> Yo, I'm do all it. in. We're, we're, we'll talk about this off mic. <laughs> <laughs> all right, see you guys later. All right, bye. See you next month. Is that why you were gone for most of the episode?